0: Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 33, and as you're turning, I want to announce that uh, Port St. John, uh, the Christian church there, the Sparrows Church, has arranged a celebration, memorial service uh, in honor of our sister Robin, who is now with the Lord. And um, I, I'm so grateful that Pastor Larry and Vicky are making that available to any of the Saints Network family that would like to join on Zoom. So when this is going to happen is August 20th, a week from Saturday, not this Saturday but a week from Saturday at 9.30 Dallas time, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I would suggest that we could come to pray on that Saturday morning a bit earlier, and then we'll do like we did a number of weeks ago in praying for Robin. We will have a Zoom link here um, so that we can participate in that service. Now, if you cannot be here on that day and you would still like to join you can either contact the church office here or you can, I'm sure you'd be fine if you contacted Annette Lacy, and they can give you the zoom link. We're not just going to post it out everywhere so if you if you if you can't be here or if you are a network um, affiliate and you want to join in You can either reach out to us here, we'll get the link to you, or you can, of course, go to um, the Sparrows, Annette. Annette's the one that created the link, and I'm sure they would be delighted to provide that for you. So, again, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the 20th, because I know tomorrow somebody's going to call and say, what time is that Zoom on Saturday? And I will say, I I won't say, Ruby will say, It's not this Saturday, but it's next Saturday. Now, why am I doing that? Because you may not remember the announcement, but you may remember this guy in his golden yellow shirt who is saying this goofy thing over and over again. So let that be your meme to remember. But we certainly pray for uh, the wonderful church there that is so much a sister church to this fellowship. And we... uh, We know that God is with them in a very special way. and That brings us, in some ways, to our message today. It's called Face to Face. I almost entitled it uh, (laughs) uh, don't, Don't Doubt the Lord. Uh, because there, there are things in life where, even if we are people of faith, even if we are people that are committed as saints, that we just don't understand. Isn't that true? I mean, you can believe and you, you love the Lord, you, you commit your life to Him, and sometimes situations can evolve that you think, why did this have to happen this way? You know, we did everything we were supposed to do. We prayed, we bound, we rebuked, we, we declared and decreed. We did all these things. We asked Gaiteo. We did all kinds of things. And yet, the thing that we were praying about, it seemed like it went another way. I, I, I know that so many of us were praying for Robin to be healed and set free. And yet, the Lord chose to take her. I can remember a few years ago um, my sister, who was the closest sibling relative that I had, except for my own uh, personal family here, um, when she passed away. And I remember being in the hospital with her. I flew up there by her request. And she didn't want anybody else there but me. And um, she was in the hospital, and we prayed, and we talked, and we laughed, and cried. And there I was, God's man of faith and power, a part of the Saints Network, believing God for a miracle, and God chose to to take her. And then the myriad questions from her daughter, uh, why did God do this? I don't understand, which is... Something that you can certainly certainly recognize that people would think that. And we don't have those answers at times. Then on the other hand, we've seen God step in and do phenomenal things, making way where there is no way. And sometimes even as a pastor, I think, Okay, now, I'm grateful for what you did, but how come you did this, but this one over here, that just in my assessment, really, we we knew you were going to do something amazing and it didn't turn out the way we thought. But then over here, this happened. We're grateful for it. But what did we do different? What What is it? Did we miss something? And then people search for all kinds of formulas and remedies. You know, you go to, you know, this seminar and they'll tell you in three steps how to get to God to do what you want well you know why this didn't work because you didn't do this and you didn't do that or there's sin in your life or there's all kinds of other things and man I tell you sometimes God's people can just whack a hornet's nest with their with their desire to help you and all you're doing after they leave is swatting away hornets and uh, wondering why in the world. They're in your space. I remember once when Kelly was younger and she had to have a surgery and we were all praying and believing God. And, and of course, you see she turned out very well. But it didn't happen in the way we were all believing for. And I I could tell you for ten minutes straight the wacky things that people lined up to tell me. One guy comes and says, you have aught against this guy over here, or you're not praying right, or you don't understand faith. And they were all lining up. They were just coming. And I thought, this is just really, you ever wonder, you know, uh, Michelangelo's Last Supper, you know, he could have probably painted Job's friends, and a lot of these people would have been up on the screen. And uh, I remember as pastor, sometimes people would be facing things and members of the congregation would go to them and tell them outrageous things and it would just crush the people. And the bottom line is that, as has been said a number of times today, that God is in control. And the ultimate thing is that we have a home in heaven and uh, he's going to turn everything for the good. And so... I thought about a number of, I I just couldn't escape this need to say these things because I think so many people in our network were believing so strongly for a miracle as we should have, but truly the greatest miracle has happened. And, you know, let's just face it, I'm not pronouncing this ever over everybody, but (laughs) if the Lord doesn't come, we're all going to go sometime. No matter what you do, no matter how many miles you log every day, you know, it's appointed unto us once to go. And uh, I, uh, I I think that we just need to continue to trust that it's appointed, that day is appointed before the Lord, and that we need to be faithful before Him as long as we have breath and life. And that can certainly be said of Robin. I'm going to get to the passage here. I've got some, I think, some really good things to say here, as opposed to these other things I'm saying. Uh, I, you know, up until just a few weeks ago, Robin was faithful to be following up on our podcasts and immediately doing uh, logging in remotely and transferring things. She would come back from appointments set the hospital or from wherever she was going and she'd get back and she'd say I'm back you know I I'm ready she'd text and and I thought bless that dear woman she's so committed to this work that God's given us and um, we'll miss her but it's not it's not over it's not over i said we were going to look at exodus 33 i pray that you are there, and uh, we're going to read a very familiar passage of scripture, and I believe that God is going to share some things amazingly with us today. Moses says to God in Exodus 33, verse 18, I beseech you, speaking to God, show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my tobe pass before you. And here's, here's a prescription of what the glory does. We'll come back and talk about this. And I will make all my, good, my tobe pass before you. I will proclaim the name of Yahweh before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, you cannot see my face for there shall no man see me and live. And, and the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you will stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass that while my glory is going to pass by, that I will put you in a cleft of the rock and will cover you there with the palm of my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand And you will see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. You know this passage. There are some things here that we want to clear up, though, that is often perplexing for some who think that the Word of God contradicts itself. The first one is God is saying to Moses, You're not going to see my face, because if any man sees my face, you're going to die. Now, we also remember that Jacob met God at Bethel and wrestled with whether it was the angel of the Lord or whether it was God personified. We don't really know. God was obviously, Elohim was obviously manifesting there. And uh, at sunrise, um, you know the story, God Jacob asked to have a blessing, a barak, and in other words, a measure of promotion. And God said, I'm going to uh, change your name from Jacob to Israel because you're going to have power with Elohim, Sarah. And we know that that root really means that you're going to rise through a lot of different areas of challenge as a czar would and you're going to be given authority, but it, it's not going to come without you being faithful and maneuvering in God's directive to a point of overcoming. And uh, that's, that's the Barak that Elohim gave him, and he changed his name to that. And then Jacob, or Israel, says, wow. He didn't say wow, but he said, I have seen Elohim face to face and I didn't die. So, is God perplexed? Is he confused? No. Those are two different episodes. And I think we need to recognize that what we're going to be talking about here in Exodus 33 is a discussion of the glory. And in that, God says, you're not going to ah my face, in conjunction with my release of the glory, you're just not going to do that. I'm not going to share that with anybody, and you're not going to be able to nitpick how I'm doing it. You're not going to be able to give me your counsel. You're not going to be able to tell me what you think I ought to do, because I am a jealous God. I'm in control. You better just recognize that. Uh, you recognize your place, and. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a place standing here on the rock, and that really is our place with God, where we commune with him, where we love him. He positions us there, and I remember when we first began this walk as saints, God gave me a very vivid dream of being on a a seacoast, and there was a huge rock there, massive rock, and the personification of god was up on the top of the rock and he had extended his hand and brought me up to that rock to stand there and then there was uh, others that were coming but i remember standing there and the dream ended and i knew now that that was showing us that as we prayed and were faithful in the place that god had given us that he was going to open up the nations he was going to open up travel across the seas And that point of commune, which is our place here, our terio, our calling, where God has called us to stand, that no matter what's going on, we have that place of fellowship with Him. But then God says, "When my glory is ready to move, I'm going to take you from that, and I'm going to put you in the cliff that." gap and I'm going to cover you there with my hand and as my glory passes by you're just going to be standing in the gap there you're not going to be able to see it you're not going to be able to to really recognize what all I'm doing but when it's all over when I pass by I'm going to remove my hand and you can see this strange term my back parts now that term is also used to describe history throughout the hebraic world it's also used to describe the west and of course we know the glory of god rises in the east and sets in the west that's what the scripture says and what god is saying is that when i am going to do a specific thing in conjunction with my glory your place is in the gap i've given you you're going to be partnering with my hand but you may not understand what I'm doing. When it's all over, you're going to be able to look back. You're going to be able to see, oh, yes, I see what God was doing. I see certain facets of this, and you're going to be able to see that and rejoice. It's kind of like what we say uh, when um, when we talk about our history or your history. You say, you know, when I think back, Don't we say that? When I think back, when I look back on things. And and it's really that you're reviewing what's happened. And so often, hasn't it been as we were believing God and God would just give us a burden or God would give us some kind of a a mission and we would be faithfully burrowing in and standing in that gap. But we had lots of opinions of what we wanted God to do, but how often it was that when the, the the fruit of that placement as God's glory, as his tobe was being manifested, when that was made evident, I know so many times I'd think, this is not at all what I thought God was going to do, but it's like that song that we hear a lot on worship, but it's better. Uh, you know, uh, it never, you know, God tells us that It's never entered into the hearts or the minds of people, the glorious things that God has reserved. That's where faith comes in. And sometimes we don't understand what God is doing. But what we have to do in that point is stay faithful in that gap. And we need to know that we're partnering with his hand, and we need to trust him. It's like the old song, we'll understand it better by and by. But some people in the world, you know, no matter what goes on, by and by can come and go, and they don't understand anything. But when you're really submitted to the Lord, it's a to do and to teach. You, you, you walk with God, you're doing, you're observing, you're learning. You may not understand everything, but when you keep praying, you're submitted to the Lord, you, you come through it, and suddenly you have the revelation and it combined with experience, and then you can teach it. If you don't go through that, you're just flapping your gums and speaking words. But when you've gone through something, you can say with authority, this is what God's doing. Now, so you have this duality here of the place on the rock. It's that confidence. It's that ongoing fellowship with God. And uh, there, I believe that we do see God's face. Obviously, Jacob did Moses did you know you read about it here God says in conjunction with the glory you're not going to see my face and live but then several passages say God met with Moses face to face as a man would talk to his friend and God said that to Miriam and Aaron and you know there are other passages that speak about that and um, so is God confused no no we want to know the face of the Lord. We want to submit ourselves to know him. We want to partner with his ways. We want to intercede in whatever way his spirit is drawing us to intercede. And we do that on a continuous basis from that point of our placement in God. It's a wonderful place. He's there with us. That's where we know him as friend. And in some ways, that's what God was trying to do with Jacob and um, You know, what did God give him? Jacob said, I won't let you go unless you bless me, that Barak, unless you give me some measure of promotion. And God gave him that. It was at Bethel. Remember what happened there earlier on when he was fleeing from Laban? God met with him as Elohim, and he saw the ladder with the angels coming and going, and he saw uh, Yahweh looking down from above. And, uh, you know, that was a precious place. God was trying to get him to become that Sarah individual that he should have been, which is what we all should be. But in that point, God was trying to initiate that covenant of meeting with the heart of God and partnering with the angelic and welcoming Yahweh's ways. And that's what God was trying to establish, that pattern of life. And so in the midst of that, Jacob says, I saw God face to face. We'll even name this place, Penuel. I, I, we, we'll talk about this. We've seen El, I've seen Elohim and I live. Well, that is, that is that measure of ongoing development and friendship that God wants for all of us. But when God begins to move in his glory, and there's a difference, then we go into a, an additional measure of assignment and Our gap assignment and agreement comes into full play. We can feel the presence of the Lord even though we may not understand a lot of things that are going on around us. That's just the two things that are here. God's Word is not confusing. It doesn't contradict itself. Look what God says to him about his glory. Remember what we've talked about regarding the glory. We've studied this in the Old Testament. We've looked at it. The glory would appear as a fire. And we've said that that really is the, I believe, the application of the spirit of judgment and burning where God is in his mishpat, what he is intended to do and the function of it. And that fire of activation is there. When God is wanting to do a new thing, he looks for a partner. He looks for somebody who'll say, yes, I'll agree as an intercessor with this. And God's glory then is is uh, presented before them to partner in intercession. And then that glory will be manifested in many ways, um, in many ways uh, uh, that uh, are, are sometimes stunning. You know, I remember a couple of times over the years that people said, when they would be out in our parking lot, that they would see fire on the roof of this place. There, there were a number of other indications of that type of thing over the years. But whether we see it or not, when you partner with God in his glory, the glory is not just the presence of God. You know, there are conferences all over Western Europe and many places in our country. Come and see the glory. Well, what they're really saying is, come and hopefully you'll experience the presence of God. Or God may be doing something. You know, Jesus would even talk to people. Why did you come here? Did you come because you thought I was going to work a miracle again? Did you come because you thought I was going to multiply fish and bread again? Is that why you came? And there are a lot of people who confuse those miracles with the glory. But the glory is really a tender part of God's heart, and he looks for someone or a people who will believe him when he's about to do a new thing, when it's time for him to release something that is his eternal will. And that's where we stand in the gap. So we develop our friendship with God on the rock. We develop our commune with him. We see him face to face, hopefully. We are learning to know him as a friend, a friend of the bridegroom. We're partnering with Jesus, all of those wonderful things. But when his glory is about to be revealed, he's not going to let us rah-ah that. He is not going to allow us to try to desert to try to deduce why are you doing this why are you doing that he's covering you with that hand of partnership and you just have to trust that when it's all said and done in god's timing when he removes the hand you're going to be able to look and say as the old song says look what the lord has done he's partnering with you in that intercession but he's not going to allow anybody it's what he says to meddle with him as he is imparting the glory very clear. So what's God say? Uh, This is wonderful where God really describes what he does with the glory. Verse 19, right after Moses says, show me your glory. God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I said, that was Tobe, God's eternal purpose. God's going to release something. God's going to do something that from the foundation of the world he is intended to do. We've taught about Tob. I don't need need to go back through this again. But that is is an essential part of spiritual warfare. It was contested in the Garden of Eden, and uh, it still is to this day. But God is going to cause his Tob to pass by, and it's going to do something that will affect eternity. I will proclaim the name of Yahweh before you. This is interesting. Uh, because proclaimed there is our old friend Kara, which is remember the the partridge study about how um, that bird will find a nest that is uninhabited and it will it will take it over and it will make that strange call. Um, it It really indicates that you are accepting a burden that uh, you're willing to take on even though. in the the initial part of it, you thought, I don't have anything to do with this, but God's wanting me to take a stand. And God himself says, I will proclaim this. I will, Kara, I will offer this according to my eternal plan. That's interesting. The beginning of the glory is God initiating, God putting the call forth for those who will say, will you accept this burden? Will you accept this? Will you accept this place in the cliff of the rock? Will you, will you take this that wasn't yours, but yet in my eternal plan, I really intend for you to partner in it, but will you take that? You've all experienced this, haven't you? But here it is at the beginning of the description of how God moves in his glory, and he's telling Moses this. The next thing he says, I'm going to manifest my grace to whom I will manifest grace through. You're going to be partnering with something that is going to lead you forward into a new thing. You're going to be in conjunction with my throne of grace. And as Monica said, you're going to look to the joy set before you. You're going to be rejoicing uh, at the thing that is coming. You may not know what all it entails, but you know it's coming. You don't, you you have, yeah, only God could do that. You you have this anticipation. It's kind of like birthing a child. You know there's something in there and you know it's coming, but you have no indication of what it's going to look like. Uh, you know how, well, you may know how big it's going to be, uh, but it's, it's just very interesting. Even with sonograms, you know, you look at those, they look like aliens when you look at those. But when the baby comes, it's, there, there you have it. It's totally different than that funky picture that you passed around to everybody. Um, so this God will be gracious to who he's going to share in his grace. So look at that. He, his, his plan is the tobe. He is then in his eternal ways as Yahweh going to invite people to embrace something that was not theirs but God has ordained for them to partner with him. And you are then going to be uh, enveloped by a partnership of grace. And God says, I'm going to pour that out to those that, that are willing to accept it. And then it says, I will show mercy. This isn't our old friend chesed. This is racham. And it really speaks, and we've studied about this in the past. It speaks about that maternal or paternal insti- instinct. Often, this word characterizes the womb. It speaks about a something that you feel that uh, parents feel, that grandparents feel for their for their offspring, and you can't really describe it, can you? And when your kids facing something, it's like you kick into a new gear, and and. This is what God uses here. He said, I'm going to give you a feeling for this thing. I'm going I'm to give you motives. I'm going to give you uh, measures of, of yearning. I'm going, this perhaps is where the burden is. Um, and uh, it's going to be there with you. And so look at that. The tobe and the, the kara and the Hanan and the Racham. You've got those four things. Now you can play around with it. Voice, thunders, lightnings, earthquakes. It all fits, that principle of the four. But then God says, But you, in this, you're not going to see my face, for no man will see me and live. Does that make sense? On the one hand, God wants you to know him intimately. He wants to know you intimately. That's what Jesus said in the last days. There would some who would come and say, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. We work miracles in your name. And, and the Lord would say, depart from me. I never knew you. We've got to welcome God's face and become the friends of the Lord. That's, that's our privilege. And that doesn't ever go away. It's kind of like the lover and the warrior we're the lovers of God. And he promotes and he imparts and he He really impresses us like the spirit of glory and of God. He In that place, he impresses us with his mind. He impresses us with his feeling. But then when the warrior time comes and God's about to move, there's a place here in the cleft. And I'm going to cover you with the palm of my hand. That That place that you committed to, that empty place, that winter place, that valley place. You committed to that and boy are you feeling it there. But when you feel it, it's not a sign that God's abandoned you. It's the, oh man, I'm in a tight spot. Yeah, you are. You're right where you're supposed to be. That's what you signed on for. I don't see anywhere where that hand has a bunch of golden rings and a couple of uh, Krugerands in it. It's that empty palm. That's the that's the that's the palm of the hand, and that's what you feel. You might wonder, what are you doing, God? I feel empty. I feel this storm. I feel this challenge. I don't understand. And the enemy's saying, "Well, you know, you need to quit that. You to, you'd be better off just kick back, retire, let somebody else do it." I used to hear that so many times, especially for people not in the back row right now, but there used to be a whole section back there that told me a number of times. Now, Dennis's parents sat over there. I just want to clarify that. But those folks back there would say, well, we've done our bit. Now we'll let others do it. And I thought, well, just go ahead and die then. If you've done your bit, what are you doing? Just taking up space. I I didn't ever say that. But we need to recognize that God... Is with us and that partnership with him never goes away and he is always with you and and it's here's the deal you know Mark mentioned this this morning and others have to that when when God is moving you like the Apostle Paul said when I am weak then you're made strong uh, the poor and the needy, as Mark was teaching today, and the challenges that Monica mentioned, that the, the challenges that were sung about this morning, seems that this is a recurrent theme. Those are not indications that God has abandoned you and all is lost. Those are indications that God is moving. <laughs> darkness will be upon the face of the earth, and gross darkness the people, and isn't it Gross. But my light will shine upon you. That's what God says. And we like to talk about that last part. My light will shine on you. We don't see where it shines (laughs) into. And sometimes, as I've prayed, I'm sure you've all prayed, I look at what's happening in our nation and I think what's happening in the world. I mentioned those things about the UK uh, Commonwealth Games and the editorial from LA Times, that's everywhere. Those aren't anomalies. That's everywhere. And you think, what are these people saying? Who are these people? Their agenda is part of a demonic agenda. It's doctrines of devils. And you just you wonder and you, you're, you grieve over it. And it's like, again, I, I'm just borrowing things. I pay attention in Sunday school. Mark referenced Isaiah when he talked about how God was offering these things and the people were doing all these abominable things. We're in that position right now. And instead of giving up, you got to get tough. It's kind of like what Clint Eastwood said in uh, The Outlaw Josie Wales when things get rough, you got to get tough. Remember that? I never watch movies. Well, God bless you. I've seen that movie so many times. And it's just a good old cowboy kind of a movie. But, you know, he's about to face off and him and this old grandma lady and this old Indian guy and this, this young woman, they're all there. You remember that movie? And all these guys come and Clint Eastwood's trying to tell him how to battle because he's the he's the gray rider, the one that is just a mighty warrior. And he's got these misfits around him. And he said, no, well, I'm going to tell you what to do. If you get If you get cut, you get this iron over here out of the fire and you strike it and stop the bleeding. And if somebody comes there, you watch that place over there because if they come, you blast them. And when it gets rough and you feel like I can't do anything, that's when you got to get mean. You got to get tough. Maybe we need to have that. You know, I'm not an evangelist pastor. Maybe some of you need a good scruff of the neck talking to. You got to get, I know you're warriors. Don't forget where we are. And do I like it? Do I like the things I see? God, no! It just—I can't. You know, it's—it's like that old song when I was growing up. I just—I can't hear anymore. I can't listen. I can't listen to that anymore. It's just so foul. It's just one more demonic crisis that's uttered from the White House or from some other point in the world. You see China rising and you think, we're just giving trillions of dollars to people that want to overcome us and rid this nation of Christianity. And I think, can't we see this? Why are these things happening? And I have to shut off my mind as a student of history and as somebody that actually pays attention in world events, even though I don't know everything, I know a few things. And I think, well, you know what? What am I to do? We already see that. Many times I remember how many times I've gone to vote, I think, man, if we can get our person in, it's gonna be great. And guess what? How'd that work out? Over the years, and and you know, our place is not in this world. Our home and conversation is in heaven. Our Heavenly Father has a place beside Him. He's given us the plum identity for the end times. That's what the saints are. How much better can you be than to be called holy? That's what saint is. We run into trouble when we go into uh, France because, you know, they, they they there have been so many ways that, um, you know, like their Bible, we say holy Bible and... They have the word saint on their Bible. So, and they think so many of them have been trained as Catholics that the saints are all dead people that are up in heaven. And so you talk about this word, and the enemy's already laid out a bunch of confusion. But you've been given this calling. And God wants to know you face to face, and he's faithful there. He's given you that place. But his glory is moving right now. His, his, he's turned a page there, we're going to be changed from glory to glory. Why are we going to be changed? It's not just that we'll be better. It's it, it, that idea of change is you've got, to, you've got to take off those old robes that Isaiah spoke about that are soiled with blood and dirt from the battle, and God's putting on a new robe. It's the same thing that happened with uh, Joshua in the book of Zechariah and in other places. When you're changed from glory to glory, that's God saying, okay, this is done. We're not finished now. Here comes another wave. Here, here you are. You get, get ready. Uh, we're ready to move. God's glory is moving, and we need to not be discouraged. We need to not question because, again, if you start going down that path, and I'm, I'm rambling here, but you'll notice I'm rambling all around this scripture. If you start nitpicking and complaining and questioning God openly, what you're going to do is you're going to release not life, but you're going to release detriment into your life. God calls it death. I don't want that, uh, especially when God's glory is moving. Now, there's sometimes that the enemy comes and, and uh, God's, God's glory is not being um, released at that moment. It's just the enemy being ornery or sometimes people are nasty and I've noticed that people don't need any help from the enemy. Sometimes they can just be ornery on their own. And you call out to God and you say, God, this is just unimaginable. I don't understand why this is happening. That's, that's not necessarily a problem I mean we got to watch that because we can we can give way to bitterness but asking God for wisdom as to what to do there is really a therapeutic kind of a thing in a lot of ways you know there's some times where people would do things against this calling and I I have to tell you I remember one time I kept my wooden Indian face as the pastor that's how you stay a place over 40 years you don't voluntarily explode every time something wacky goes on because you can't, you can't recoil from that. I mean, what you do in front of your people, they don't forget. And, you know, but this guy did something and man, oh man, I was just smiling saying the good things that I would say, but inside my furnace was burning. And I thought, how dare you? How dare you say that about what God's doing? And how dare you suggest that I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to tell you who it was or what they said, but I went away and I was praying, Lord, why is this guy doing this? Why did he say that? That was so painful. That was, that was not you. That was wicked. And to say that to. Your, past, your pastor, but somebody who obviously God has touched in this moment, whether you agree with it or not, you better be careful. Why is this guy doing this? And I stewed about that through the night. I prayed in the spirit, and I came back in here early in the morning. I didn't sleep very well. And I remember walking right up that aisle, and God spoke to me and I won't, I've i talked about this in the past, I'm not going to go there again, but I recognized what was happening. And immediately, and it didn't make his words, that guy's words any easier to hear, but I recognized what was going on, and I submitted it to the Lord. I'm not talking about having to deal with things like those kinds of issues. We all face them. I wish we didn't have to, but we all face them what I'm talking about is this dynamic move of the glory of God that is happening. We talk about breakthrough. We talk about, you know, the parats here. We've got vision of these things coming. What are we really describing? The tobe of God is about to be manifested in an unusual way that we don't understand, but yet we know it's here. And you know, it's at that point that we need to apply God's descriptive. We need to recognize that the tobe is manifesting. The fire of the Lord is there. We need to recognize that we are accepting this burden on behalf of God, even though it is not ours. And as much as we try to figure out why in the world these things are happening, yet and still we are, we are holding fast because Yahweh has charad for this. And we know that grace and joy are ahead. And God is releasing that, which is what he does from the throne of grace. And we know that in the midst of it, we're going to feel inclinations and burdens. Our spirit is going to be stirred in the night. We're going to have dreams and visions. And we think, this is so compelling what I've just seen. How in the world am I thinking about this? This has never been on my plate. Well, guess what? That's what happens here. And at some point... In this process, God lifts whatever it was that you were partnering with him in to initiate. His glory has been released. It's not finished, but it's been released. And you begin to understand. You begin to glean. You can see as it has already risen, and now it's it's being manifested. And you... You can look back and you say, oh, yes, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, I, I misinterpreted that in my innocence, but that's what God was doing. Oh, yes, here's what, here's what this is in the Word. Thank you, Lord. I can see and understand that. I never would have understood that had I not stayed in that gap under your hand. The to-do and the teach then kicks in for us as a pneumatikos ministry. That's what we have to do in this. We have to believe that God is protecting us with his hand. We have to believe that God is shielding us from so many things that we may not even be aware of. We have to believe that God is meticulously watching over us and we need to be faithful in that place. We need to recognize what he's doing even though we don't know what in the world he's doing. And we need to know that at a given point in God's timing, we're going to be able to look. And the other part about seeing the the result is there's a lot of fruit there. There's a lot of uh, opportunity there to go out and minister into the thing that you believed God to bring about. You've planted that seed, and now the the we're not muzzling the ox that treads the corn. We, we We are able to eat of it and enjoy it and distribute it. That's the place of people who have sown the seed in the times in the wilderness. You'll be in the first fruits of the Lord to be able to enjoy it and understand many deep things in the Spirit and then to be able to distribute it. Um, that's coming. But boy, this is a big one that God's doing right now. It is worldwide. Even with, um, I'm keeping the eye on the clock here too. See, I'm still being a good pastor. Uh, Even this business with this wacky heat wave we've had here in Dallas, you know, I've talked about this. We've been used to, in this terrio, say, no, enemy, we're not We're not going to get clam-baked here. I mean, God, you're going to release cooler temperatures. You're going to release rain. Uh, they, they, you know, Troy Dungan's not forecasting. Is he still giving I I don't know whether he is or not. I just look at an app for the weather. Um, Harold Taft was the first one. Remember Harold Taft? Channel 5. Um, anyway, and then uh, David Friendfrop came. Nathan knows all these guys. He came in after. Um, but, you know, I remember hearing those... Those forecasts and the two things that Texas meteorologists love to talk about are drought and the potential of ice. If they could look in January, look to January right now and tell us about uh, the potential of ice on January 2nd, they'd start talking about it. A lot of people pay attention. Of course, it's a nice thing to think about when it's 100 degrees. But we said no. And God would always intervene. And, uh, you know, I'm, I wasn't used to, all of a sudden, this crazy heat. And we've, we've had some breaks, but not to the degree that we've been used to. And I said, Lord, what's, what's wrong here? And have we lost it? I'm just being honest with you. Is there some kind of an aching thing going on that we're getting, uh, they're kicking us and taking names that we need to Correct. And after a couple of days of that, I just felt the Spirit say, this is much bigger than this Terio." And I think that the things that are happening around the world is God beginning to show the world he's had it up to here with this nonsense. You read in the book of Revelation about how God releases certain things, or certain things happen, and the nations, instead of turning to God, they curse God. You hear any cursing of God in the national media now? I do. All the time. It's horrible. God doesn't look at that lightly. Sometimes I see particular states that are besieged, and initially I thought, you know, I love to go out there and pray. Should we go out and ask (laughs) before... Before it even come out of my mouth, God said. This reminds me of what I heard Jack Deere say one time where he went into a place to minister and the place was just as dead as a doornail. And he said to the Lord, God, what are you doing here? And he said, This is him saying, he thought he felt God say nothing, and don't you try to start something. I've been in places like that where I've gone into minister and it was one of those things where you were just, I remember going to a place in, um, I think it was outside of Lucerne, Switzerland. I was by myself, which is odd. Usually I have somebody else with me. I don't really remember why that happened. I think the team was split. And I was led into this room and all these nice people were there and they were all sitting around and I sat down and I thought, this is like a funeral, not a good funeral. Of course, is there ever really one? And and I thought, Lord, why do you have me here? I don't feel anything here. And we'd been having wonderful visitations for days before. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to go from being born again into being called to be a son, which is a good thing. I'm assuming these people are born again. Nobody's from Skid Row. You know, they're all born again. And when I was sharing that, just very simple things. I didn't drop on the floor on my face, speak in tongues and diver's tongues and talk about angels. I just talked just baby food to these people. And they were sitting there just, of course, you can't judge by the eye, but man, it was just dead. I knew it. And it was a gracious meeting, they all came up and thanked me, and that night I was laying in bed and I thought, Lord, why did you call me to go there? It seems like a wasted, you know, it, it just seems like a wasted thing. You know, if you, if, if you, if you got a whole load of, uh, of um, what's a good hamburger? Um, twisted root hamburgers. Choice buffalo beef. I don't know why I looked at Kelly. Um, You come in with a whole load of that and you recognize you're in amongst a a bunch of vegetarians. You think, why in the world am I here? These people have no interest in these fine choice, number one burgers that I've got. But I felt like the Lord said, you were giving my word. Jesus did that, didn't he? He went into a place and the Bible says he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. They weren't having it they were not having it. The Son of God was there, and He could not do any mighty work. That's that's amazing to me. And sometimes it's that way. But you know, I feel like one of the things God's trying to do is to give us discretion in the authorities He's given us. Just because you have authority doesn't mean you just fling it about. With great power comes great responsibility. And authority doesn't mean that you can just go about bopping people on the head and making things happen. You know, the disciples wanted that. Lord, will you at this time call down fire? Will you send lightning? You know, and Jesus said, "Who? what spirit are you? Even David's men. Shall I go up and get Shimei and kill that dead dog? Just David said, what am I going to have to do with you sons of Zariah? See, as, as those that are walking with God as sons, we need to recognize now that sometimes the authority you do have that easily delivered you and brought about miracles, sometimes God says, not now. And you've got to be willing to not be obstinate but to be submissive and to recognize the bigger thing. So there's the bigger thing going. God is releasing his glory. That's what we've been talking about with the breakthrough. So what do we do? We stay faithful and we make very sure that we don't turn our rah and fix it on what in the world are you doing, God? Because, you know, with Ra, you're discerning between Tobe and Ra. You're discerning and you're giving your opinion on counsel and you're doing all those things. God says you're not going to be able to do that in this instance. Don't do it. It, won't, it not only won't do you any good, it'll be disastrous for you. I think the enemy, you know, he knows that. And he tries to push us to the edge, perhaps in our innocence, And sometimes when we do things, I'm sure we're all guilty of it. And in our innocence, we did it and God winked at it. It's kind of like with uh, little kids. When they do something, you know they didn't mean to do it. Even though you may have told them 50 times. Now I'm looking at Kelly. And um, you wonder, not that she did that, but she's got kids. Um, But, you know, God knows, you know, They didn't mean to do that. But sometimes, say amen or ouch, we mean to do it. And we want to raise our our spirit's fist up to God and say, God, I just don't understand. And what we're really saying, how dare you? (laughs) Have you been there? You You won't admit it. But we all have faced that. And this is one of those times from so many different angles that we really have to be in this world and not of it. And we will walk with God as our friend. You see that? that, This is the last thing I'll say. That's the beauty of this. Because even though we're in the cleft of that rock, it's the same rock. And God's presence is there. And he is close to us, and he will fellowship with us. God can multitask. And, you know, he can be moving with his glory where he's covering you with his hand, but at the same time, he can be sharing his heart with you and being with you as a friend. But, you know, we've learned about friends. See, I said that was the last thing I was going to say, but I didn't say how many subpoints I had with it. You know, sometimes if you're really a friend, you know when not to talk. Sometimes you know when they're facing something, and it doesn't matter what's going on with you. You just keep your yap shut, and you listen. And um, I I I think that I think that when we know God's moving, and we may not understand. The best thing we can do as a friend of the bridegroom who's preparing the way of the Lord is to just minister to the Lord and love him and enjoy his presence, even though we don't understand what's going on. I guarantee you that is the best. What better thing could you do? God is with you. It's it's the fourth man in the fire. It's 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 in the presence of the enemy. Thou art with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God is with you there, even though he's passing by. Only God could do that. So on the one hand, we see God face to face, and he is promoting, he is blessing, he is utilizing us. But on the other hand, We are not going to be able to see the face of God when he is moving in his glory. We'll see it when it's done, when God moves his hand away, and that's God's timing. Don't be prying the fingers apart. You couldn't do it anyway. I think I see through the crack there what God's doing. Just rest in the palm. You can't see through the palm. Just rest there. And the end result is going to be glorious. (laughs) I guess since it's the glory so I don't know what you may be facing we've heard several things God is with you your labors have not been in vain stand strong you're going to emerge from this stronger and better Um, many of you are enjoying incredible blessing in God right now just keep rejoicing in that Um, pray for one another Be sensitive to what the Spirit's doing, but I can guarantee you this, and I do end now. This is the the period at the end of the thing. God is with you. He is in control. And you, you, you will not die but live. Father, I speak your blessing over all the saints as we continue to strive to serve you in your glory. I ask you, Father, that where there have been unusual attacks, where there have been unusual points of challenge, where have been things that have broken, things that have gotten clogged up, things that have just gone haywire and sideways, turn it for the good. I speak a quickening of that promise. And let your people emerge with an incredible point of partnering with you an incredible point of being faithful in their assignment as an intercessor trusting you and anticipating with the joy set before them what it is that your glory is really doing and when we will see it it will be phenomenal let that mind be in us I speak blessing over these people. I speak blessing over our network, our friends, our families. I speak blessing over the fields that you've given us responsibility for. I speak blessing over those fields that are being made ready right now that we've never been to yet. Let us be faithful to not only yield a 30 or a 60-fold but a hundredfold as gatekeepers. We thank you for it, Father. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for uh, tolerating that message. I pray that it helps somebody in some way. And uh, God bless you all. Let's keep praying. Don't forget prayer this Wednesday night here. You'll be receiving an email about that. And... um, God bless you all. Have a great day.